From the Heritage Foundation, I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains Live. Okay, Elon Musk purchases Twitter, $44 billion, chump change, and this represents a major shakeup to big tech companies that we know wield tremendous power over free expression. On this episode of Heritage Explains Live, we have Kara Frederick in. She's a director of the Tech Policy Center here at the Heritage Foundation, and she is loaded for bear on this. What does it mean? And most importantly, where do we go from here as conservatives? So let's get into it now. Roll that tape, John Pop. Okay, we are live now. We've all seen the news wall to wall. Elon Musk purchase of Twitter for $44 billion and just, just chump change, you know, <laughs> just chump change. Um, it, it, it represents a major, massive shakeup to the big tech companies that we know wield tremendous power over free expression. As you know, the Heritage Foundation has called for aggressive reforms to ensure that these companies are held accountable for their desire to reshape society to left-wing ideology. But Kara, now Elon Musk has come on the scene and yet again, he's a disruptor. I mean, this guy is probably, that's a defining word for him, a disruptor to the way things have been and now they are going. Um, and, uh, and we see an opportunity as conservatives to maybe gain some ground back. So we're gonna get into that a little bit, um, but, Joining me today is Kara Frederick. She is the director of the Tech Policy Center here at the Heritage Foundation. She's a familiar face around these parts, especially on Heritage Explains Live. And she's hopefully going to talk us through what Elon Musk purchase means and where we go from here. So, Kara, thank you for being here. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> it's been a busy week. <laughs> Holy crap. You are, you are wall to wall. It's unbelievable. Yeah, man. yeah. It's, it's been a lot. It's crazy. And I, we're, so, we're so grateful for that. Um, so, folks, we're taking your questions live. We are live. Anything can happen here. Your questions will get on. <laughs> Don't mess up because we are live. We can't edit this. Right, Phil? Phil, we can't edit this. No, we can't. Okay, we're not going to mess up then. Um, but but please type your questions in where you're watching. We will get to them. Uh, they, they will feed them to me live and uh, you will help drive the content of this. And that is the cool part of Explains Live is you get to be uh, a part of the conversation. Let us know where you're typing from. We'd love to hear that. And uh, Kara, I wanted to just start off here because it kind of was, uh, I think it was over the weekend that this became finalized. What was your first reaction when you heard that this deal is being done. Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Yep. So they were, uh, New York Times broke a story where they had been negotiating throughout the weekend. So on Monday morning, we were sitting in a meeting at Heritage and people were sort of saying, oh, you know, the, the networks were lighting up and okay, this might actually go through as soon as today. And I kind of thought, oh, no way, too fast. But it was so hard not to get swept up in the excitement of all this. If if you're just sort of enjoying the ride, at least on Twitter, I think that's something a lot of people um, understand and were um, actually doing themselves. So I I was exuberant. I'm trying to temper my expectations as an, a sober-minded analyst of all of this. Uh, but But yeah, it was hard, at least initially, not to be like, 
kidding. He actually pulled it off. The man pulled it off. I didn't, frankly, I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was going to go through. What? And it still hasn't. So there's still time for flies in the ointment. But as sure. of now, I think we're, I'm cautiously optimistic. That seems to be the phrase of conservatives of this week, but sure. cautiously optimistic that it's going to actually go through, that money will be exchanged and, and this will come to pass. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into putting together, scraping together $44 billion dollars buying a house is hard enough no you, know, kidding. you go through all this stuff and now you're dealing with 44 billion with a b you're you know you have been calling for big reforms and, and by the way folks i want to say we've got people watching from well, all over the world we've got people from ohio we've got people somebody from columbia is watching welcome to heritage explains live keep typing in type your questions we will get to them but again Kara, i want to pivot to you you have been calling for massive reforms of big tech. Do you see this as a reform? Not necessarily. Uh, okay. I do see it as a positive development. So okay. this is something where I've said it before, but Twitter can only go up from here. Uh, the, there's, it, the low bar has been set, especially when it comes to censorship and free speech. So there's nowhere to go but up when it comes to Twitter. A um, it's a positive development, but the problem is it's going to be very, very difficult to replicate. Um, many people have been characterizing this as the battle of the billionaires, right? You have Jeff Bezos from Amazon owning the Washington Post. You have Zuckerberg, who's lost somewhere in the metaverse right now with Meta. Um, and they have been uh, largely on the side of, of censorship and or at least their platforms have uh, gone that way. Um, now we have one person in our corner who's not even a conservative, by the way. So something yeah. like this is, is very difficult to replicate. We have to remember, this is the richest man in the world. It's a singular moment for a singular guy. And Twitter itself is a very small platform when you compare it to some of the other social media companies. It has 217 million daily active users, but you compare that to Facebook's nearly 3 billion users across the globe. Yeah. And this is a, a tiny little guy when it comes to it. So if the richest man in the world had such difficulty acquiring this company, yes. uh, and it's just a medium-sized company, frankly, yeah. at Facebook, we consider it a small fry, not even a real competitor because <laughs> they were so tiny. Um, then, you know, this is not a strategy that you're, we're going to be able to easily replicate, nor should we count let's, on it. Let's continue with this. So you got a billionaire who, who, who I, I think for him, it was probably, it's probably fun to go through this, to have all the media on him to, to, to show this. But like we said, we, we want to make sure that where we go from here, you know, everybody on the right seemed to be excited. If you look at Twitter, mm -hmm. you know, um, politicians uh, on the right were excited. Think tanks on the right were excited. Um, you know, people seem to be excited. But again, like you said, Elon Musk is no conservative. One, how do we know if his version of free speech is something that we are okay with and two how how can we pull this to what how uh, something good for conservatives yeah so yeah. at this point Elon Musk, his public pronouncements, if he's been really good about putting his money where his mouth is, quite literally. Uh, so we'll see right now if he actually can back up his public statements about free speech. Yeah. So if you believe what he's been saying, and again, he's been pretty good about saying things and then enacting them, um, pretty, pretty uh, a guy who's good for his word at this point. 
Um, but if you believe that free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy, if you believe, as he says, that free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, then then this could be a good thing, right? Because it also talks about the the speaks to excuse me the state of the discourse when anybody who calls himself a free speech absolutist or just a devotee of free speech, somebody who doesn't want to launch in and censor, censor, censor yeah. uh, common misconceptions of hate speech and disinformation, misinformation, whatever that means today, then then that's a, essentially a win for us. So sure. again, we're starting with a really low bar here. The standard is so low. So um, mm. I think there are a couple things, though, that he's alluded to. And he has good friends who are all over Twitter right now. Mark Andreessen comes to mind, uh, one of the Netscape early um, uh, f- uh, executives there. Yep. So and he's basically saying, I think they, you know, get a lot of they exchange a lot of information. Uh, Elon is actually commenting on a lot of conservatives posts. Uh, ben Shapiro, um, he's looked at some more new righty types or realignment types like Sagar and Jetty. And he's commented on his posts, too. It's, it's amazing. As you, as you mentioned, all these names, you know, these are no slouch when it comes to influence mm-hmm. and and as a businessman he's also talked about profiting and and this is a whole different view when you include all the different voices in on this who are huge influencers it seems to me like you're leaving money on the table when you squash their view when you limit their view and their exposure on these sites as well. Yeah, truly. And you know what's funny? People used to say, um, you know, go woke, go broke. And then everyone was like, that doesn't work. No, not at all. These companies are, you know, behemoths and they're they're going woke and they're not going broke. Now I think there's a little bit of a momentum shift with some of the stuff that Ron DeSantis is doing down in Florida, taking on these big corporations that are pushing lines like, uh, you know, wokeness that we don't like and censorship of big tech companies that they're propagating. So, yeah. So I think it... Yes, they are leaving money on the table by leaving a certain set of voices out. But thus far, they really haven't paid a material price for doing so and doing it to conservatives. So now maybe they they might realize that they are. Well, we've got people all over the country and world watching. Uh, Luis from Las Vegas is on. Hey, Luis. Uh, Mark from California. It's uh, Menlo Park is close by there, is oh, where, where you used to work. I used yeah. to work in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Gene from Iowa is here. Tom uh, from north of Tucson. Why would you just say Tucson? I mean, I mean, north of Tucson, where is that? Um, and uh, here's a question that, that one of our viewers, John, from New Jersey. This has to be born out of coming from a deep blue state where this <laughs> question comes from, Uh-oh. but it's very present. Uh, it says, greetings from the Jersey Shore. Do you think the left's loathing of the Twitter purchase exposes their loathing of America and our Constitution? Uh, yeah, I don't I think, think that's well said. Right? That's like, a great there, question. there is nothing more, I think, apparent right now yeah. than these conceptions of free speech, like recognizing that conservatives or, or people who just maybe aren't even on the left uh, have their conceptions of what free expression, the genuine exchange of ideas actually means. Mm. You know, when we talk about the First Amendment, yes, uh, private companies are not necessarily legally bound by the First Amendment to ensure free speech. However, in America, we have a culture of free speech, right? We have yeah. a disposition to speak freely and not experience any, you know, penalties from doing so. And we've understood in the past, you know, few years alone and uptick in the past few months alone that you are going to pay a price for speaking your mind, for not self-censoring on these major platforms. So free speech and in particular, the culture of free speech is extremely, apparently we have very different ideas of what that means in this country from the left and the right. Yeah. 
Well, I, I want to move on now to uh, Luis from Las Vegas. He has a great question. Do you think that this will now share uh, the conservative message on Twitter effectively and positively, or do you think we will just be happy that we can? I mean, that's a good distinction <laughs> yeah, here. You yeah, know, it's it really like, is. It's that question that we were talking about is like, this happens, mm -hmm. now what? Yeah, you know, yeah. What are we going to do as 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 conservatives if we have this uh, this this new uh, you know, wind beneath our wings, if you would say. <laughs> yeah, love it. Bet my ticket. To quote the terrible song, a great yeah. song. We're, yeah, we're showing our age here. This yeah, is um, I'm, I'm becoming. Um, but I do think that there, we are just going to be happy that we can share it now because mm. what conservatives have experienced over the past year alone, like I talked about before, email delivery services, banking, you know, just having an opinion could get you fired from your job. You can lose your livelihood if you actually express your conservative opinion in a public way or even in a private way, right? You know, um, the uh, cop that donated to the Kyle Rittenhouse mm -hmm. defense fund, what, what, it was like 25 bucks and he lost his job. So this, this is happening over, you know, not just social media platforms, but many other different ways along the full tech stack. Uh, we've talked about this at length for years at yes. Heritage that this actually matters. So I think right now having a place where you know that you're not going to be immediately censored, we hope, right? Yes. If, if yes. Elon is to be believed, Yes. Uh, that is that's a start. But again, it signifies how low the bar is for these big tech companies and exposes them for the censors and the ideologues that they've been all along. That's great. And, and, and I wanted to, to, to work off of that, the stack. We talk <laughs> about the stack and I think it's important to, to, to re-explain what that means. And I'll just do it as, as, as what happened. Okay, well, here's Parler. We mm -hmm. all know Parler. Yep. Uh, Parler was its own site. said, we're going to go on our own. And then um, the server that hosted Parler, which was Amazon, mm -hmm. said, "Hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna support you anymore." Basically, shutting it down because of the same stuff that uh, Twitter and Facebook was doing in terms of censorship. We don't agree with what you're saying. We think it's bad. Therefore, we're not gonna host you anymore. Shut yep. it down. That's the stack. It's this. It's this. It's this. It's what makes the site happen. Am I, mm -hmm. am I is that am I? Sort yeah. Of there? So digital platforms are, are pretty much at the top. So you have your your Apple, your Google, excuse me, your your Twitters, your Facebooks um, at the very top of the tech stack. Then at the mid tier level, you have your servers like yep. you're talking about Amazon Web Services, cloud hosting services, infrastructure and whatnot. And then even below that, you'll have things like Internet service providers and all along to foundational layers that make this whole thing work. So 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 I just wanted to so that's great. But so as we're doing this, you know, we saw the the left basically explode when when Elon Musk announced that this deal is happening, Twitter's mm -hmm. being bought. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then I noticed, very quick turnaround, that um, they started talking about this stack. Well, mm. Twitter wants to go that direction. They're not going to be in the App Store, yep. in the, you know, the Apple App Store. Yep. Google's not going to do this. You know, they're going to have to answer for this. So, talk a little bit more about that. Is this? I mean, are, is Twitter in danger of becoming the next parlor? This is a vulnerability because okay. Twitter one runs on Amazon Web Services. Okay. You probably saw in the news uh, there were executives at Amazon who basically said, "Hey guys, uh, we're hiring uh, now that Twitter has been bought by what someone said uh, <laughs> the not the Amazon executive, but one of the Twitter." Defense 
Spectre said uh, Elon Stalin Musk. I don't know if you saw that one, but when she was leaving the platform. So so now Amazon as a competitor, but also somebody who holds a lot of the cards when it comes to some of their technical capabilities was basically saying, come over here, guys. So that does worry me. The fact Mm -hmm. that Twitter rests on AWS for their cloud, which is why conservatives and we've been saying this again for years at Heritage, Mm -hmm. they need to build with the full stack in mind. You have great companies that are doing it so far. Right Forge, run by Martina Vila is doing it. They have uh, cloud hosting services at the ready. So uh, not an advertisement, but the whole concept between what conserv- how conservatives have to build in order to hedge against these massive vulnerabilities that are taken up by big tech companies, mm. Amazon Web Services controls one third of the world's uh, cloud hosting service. Yeah, yep. so yeah. It's, a, it's a big deal and something to, to really consider going forward when we think of this as you know the the free speech absolutist platform into perpetuity might not actually happen if amazon decides to pull the plug like they did on parlor we are live right now folks if you've got questions kara's got answers she's the expert here uh please type them into the chat we'll post them and then we'll we'll go over them one thing i wanted to ask you kara this is important you know i'm starting to see tweets talking about how followers that mysteriously disappeared are now reappearing again. You know, uh, celebrities are tweeting that, hey, I just found 20,000 new followers to my feed. Elon Musk talked about several weeks ago at a TED Talk, he talked about the perception and the reality of what was happening Mm -hmm. in social media. They Mm -hmm. say it's this, but this is actually happening. Yeah. Um, You know, it it, it sort of gives you a false sense of what's actually going on with the shadow banning and the deplatforming. Is this something that's already changing right now? Is this like a, is this something that's going to be a, a, a culture shift? Or is this an accident? Is this mysterious? How? Just talk about this a little more. Yeah, so this is the question. And unfortunately, we can only speculate as outsiders at this point. But okay. I think there's myriad factors that might be going into this. And I don't know what you've experienced anecdotally, but I personally have experienced, I have no Twitter followers, but an uptick <laughs> in uh, almost an even 100 in 24 hours. Wow. I was losing followers by the day, no matter what I did or didn't do, just sort of hemorrhaging followers every single day yeah. before this. So. I think a couple things are at play here. Uh, number one, more uh, people could be so excited about this, more right-leaning people that they're joining the site, huh. that there might be more user growth. Uh, keep in mind, Twitter has always missed its targets for, or not always, but they've usually missed their targets for user growth. It's a platform that's really struggled in this area in the past. So so yeah, huh. maybe, there, maybe there actually is that influx of, of users now that conservatives recognize if they say a man is a man and a woman is a woman, they're not going to automatically get kicked off. Hmm. Um, I've also heard or seen reporting that they stopped all changes to their products, that they Mm. stopped sort of um, working on a lot of uh, coding their products and whatnot. Um, At Facebook, we used to build internal tools and we did it. We tweaked on these every single day. So maybe they sort of stopped and they've decided to to take their hands off this. Uh, Maybe they've decided to stop um, uh, uh, tinkering with their content moderation policies that would change the platform. So not quite sure what that means or what that says, if that's true, which we don't know. But if that's true, what does that say about how they were suppressing conservatives at the get-go? We've seen some data points that uh, conservatives in particular have gained tens of thousands of followers, where progressives in particular have lost tens of thousands of followers. Hmm. Now it could be because people are very publicly getting off the platform because they're so scared of Elon, Stalin, Musk, 
uh, as as one again that's, defector that's would say. Yes, <laughs> no, I, that's a that's a direct quote. Um, <laughs> so so I think that it could be a, a combination of factors, um, and then. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, we, we won't know. Uh, we're not programmers in the, yeah. their San Francisco headquarters right now, uh, so we're not quite sure what's going on. But I think everyone can see with their own eyes that something is yes. going on. Absolutely. Yep. And right. Elon hasn't even taken the range yet, just yeah. by the way. So are that's they covering true. their tracks? Are they, what's, yeah, that's, something. That's a good point. Something something smells here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not me. I yeah. tell you that much, folks. Um, no, it's not, oh, come on, Kara. <laughs> oh, man. What a shot. Hey, Phil, did you hear that? Yeah. He I liked it. Yeah, he, he really liked it. <laughs> Um, we got uh, Steve, he says, uh, just made a comment, the demise of free speech was a natural progression on the slippery slope of political correctness. Mm. How did anyone not see this coming? Great point, Steve. Thanks for that. Um, Mark says, what changes uh, will uh, will Twitter make? I think we talked a little bit about that, but I wanted to move in. And you can you can you can build on that a little bit more if you yeah. want in terms of the changes that they're going to make, what mm -hmm. he's alluded to. Mm -hmm. But you can also um, get into where we need to be as conservatives, how we need to be responding to this opportunity. I see it as an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you could elaborate a little bit on that. Thanks, Mark and Steve for your questions. Appreciate that. Cool. Yeah, Steve, totally agree with you. Um, Mark, in terms of what we think the, the changes, what changes will potentially occur, I don't think anything happens unless Elon Musk cleans house, right? Um, mm -hmm. And starting with the, the tear-filled woman who uh, is the top lawyer there at Twitter, mm -hmm. um, who was basically considered misguided the, the architect of the Trump permanent suspension and the Hunter Biden laptop suppression. So mm. uh, Parag Agarwal, the current CEO, he also is somebody who said our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment, um, referring to Twitter. So, yeah. so I think he's got a clean house when it comes to the leadership. I think the board probably has a target on his back, given they fought so strenuously in the beginning and took that poison pill to stop him from, from doing so. Mm. But in terms of the, the technical uh, fixes and solutions that need to occur that Elon's teased. Uh, the biggest one is open source the algorithm. And this is not just like one algorithm to rule them all necessarily, uh, kind of a common misconception. Um, you know, they're, they're... I like that reference to, to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, 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 go ahead. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know yeah. if that was me. I don't, it probably wasn't, let's be honest. Uh, but any LOTR illusion, I'm, I'm good for you anyway. That's great. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so when it comes to the algorithm, there's a, a variety of other of, uh, of transparency measures that can be taken. So you, you crack open the black, Box, as others have said when it comes to this. Um, there's a, a couple, they, they work off internal tools as well. So let's see those. I think um, in terms of transparency, that doesn't just have to do with the algorithm necessarily, but mm. content moderation decisions and practices. Let's see how they were made in the past. Let's see how they're being made right now. And let's see what you plan to do about them in the future. Yeah. One thing that I think you can do about them in the future is follow the lead of another Silicon Valley company, Coinbase, uh, mm. which is a crypto exchange. Uh, Brian Armstrong, he released a statement in February where he said, we're going to use the First Amendment as the guiding principle for our content moderation policies. Mm. We know that it's an American-focused company and we know our concept. We know that we're a private company, so it doesn't legally apply to us. Yet it's pretty much, and paraphrasing here, it's the best thing we have going. It keeps us from going down the slippery slope. There's a bunch of case law behind it, and it basically basically is in line with our values. I think Elon Musk should follow suit when it comes to applying that First Amendment standard as the guiding principle. Uh, that would be huge. That would help, I think, with terms of the content moderation policies going forward into the future. He's also talked about eliminating bots. 
Super hard thing to do. Lots of people have say, tried it. Yeah, that's, um, but that's a, a tale as old as time. Yeah, true, Beauty, true. Beauty and the Beast. Uh, yeah, yeah, very, very good. We're, we're not really showing our age with that one, are we? Too much. Um, Lord of the Rings, but, uh, Beauty and the Beast. I yeah, smell. It's all great. Bette Midler. Yeah. We are learned. We are. This is a sophisticated show, people. So, anyways. Hey, go ahead, but, please. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, this man lands rockets, and he yeah. Yeah, or successfully lands boosters, and can reuse them, and like amazing stuff so yeah. yes we get it content moderation is hard uh, i understand this more than most i think um but at the same time i wouldn't count elon out uh there are machine learning is getting better and better and better so to it helps detect bots already um you have botometer which was created by the indiana university and um yeah. Uh, I think uh, a little after 2016, correct me if I'm wrong there, but but there are external programs yes. that, that basically do this. And so they're making headway. And I, Elon's got a lot of friends with a lot of programming experience. So I think that he can sort of call on those guys to, to help eliminate some of the bots. In terms of authenticating all humans, yeah, that's great. I love my right-wing Twitter anons. Uh, so I don't want to get rid of those or endanger those guys in, in any way, but... But still, at the same time, I think those the open sourcing the algorithm and uh, and trying to to get rid of bots, bots. as best as possible sure. are are decent things that that he can at least um, uh, esteem to uh, or try to try to accomplish, even if he can't get there right away. Harry is uh, is is what? Wait, Harry's watching from Ocala, Florida. Harry, wait, <laughs> Phil, aren't you? You're from Ocala. Yeah, Phil's from Ocala. Wait, you know, you know, you're Marion Oaks area, actually. That's where you're from. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, welcome, Harry. It's good to see it's you. It's actually Phil. You're, <laughs> you're, well, Phil's here. Yeah, yeah. It's not actually <laughs> Phil. I know for a fact. Phil would never do that to me. No, uh-uh. Anne's in Wisconsin. Uh, and just joined Twitter, uh, and she never considered oh, it before. See, so there you welcome, go. man. More, yeah. less anecdotal, more, well, I guess it's still anecdotal. Right, right. Um, <laughs> data point, data point. And then John says, maybe Mr. Musk has already considered Amazon's position and is developing machinery to jump on another cloud. Trump did it with truth, truth social. Yeah, right for it. So that's right a good point, yep, John. Yep. Yeah, it's a very, very good point. Um, all right, so so leave us with, with um, steps that we walk away from here. Do we need to get Congress involved still now that now that we have billionaires yeah. buying buying <laughs> one, up? And, we have one. Okay, we have one billionaire. Yeah, and he's not even really buying. on our side. He's on yeah. free speech's side, right? What, which what, which maybe we could you know it's ours. How do we build on this? Yeah. So so again, not a, a, a strategy that's easily easy to replicate. So yeah. I still think we need policy options. Okay. You know, if anything, if the board's intransigence shows anything, it means that the richest man in the world struggled to do this. Yes, he did it fast, but guys he's elon musk come on um so and again they <laughs> took the poison pill before they even agreed to this because they had the specter of those class action lawsuits hanging over their heads if they didn't do their fiduciary duty for the second right. time they yeah. neglected it in the first instance yeah. for the second time when he's offering them a 38 percent premium over the april 1st closing date which is the date that we before we knew that elon actually had that 9.2 percent share so i think this was a good deal they basically had to take it but they fought him tooth and nail yep. they had to be dragged kicking and screaming to do this so if you think anyone but the richest man in the world or his ilk which don't doesn't really exist in spades uh can accomplish this you are mistaken okay. so we need policy options too and the yeah. policy options that the heritage foundation has been pushing we're going to link to him by the way we're going to put, put your report in there yep and we're going to list them yep. uh, so it's easier for people to see yeah uh, so you don't have to be exhaustive about it but but hit, <laughs> hit a couple as to what we yeah, yeah yeah so in in aggregate 
this basically should amount to more pressure, more oversight, and more scrutiny on these big tech companies. Because if the last week has demonstrated anything, they are censors, they are ideologues, they do not like free speech. They Whatever they believe is, is hate speech, whatever they believe is misinformation or disinformation that conforms with the leftist narrative, that's what they're going to go with. And you can see that as evidenced by the meltdown. There should be no question in anyone's mind at this point what they're up to and what they've been doing. Hmm. So you need Congress to uh, engage in focused reform of Section 230. This is the yep. 1996 Communications Decency Act. Yep. Don't let platforms get away with immunity if they're going to censor based on political viewpoint, Correct. period. End of story. Um, if you, if, if, you know, all of this sort of power, this consolidation and concentration of power, it allows these companies to actually censor viewpoints, not just conservatives, but again, people who don't agree with the Biden administration's line. We've seen example after example after yes. example. Studies are flowing in uh, from NC State, from the Media Research Center, from a variety of other scholars who are now saying, yeah, no, this censorship thing, this is real. So because they can have that concentrated uh, power that is anti-competitive in nature, we should look at antitrust. We should look at enforcing antitrust laws. Laws are on the books for a reason. Let's enforce them. I think that's huge. Thirdly, don't let the government officials use these private tech companies as vehicles to chill speech. Uh, we've seen this happen over and over again. Jen Psaki saying, we're working with Facebook to get these accounts off Facebook. It happens in, in 30 days. So, so I think those are just some very yeah. quick overhead uh, things that we can do. There's, there's a China question. I'm a little bit worried about Elon and China. We can talk about that later on another Heritage Live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but right. yeah. but there's, a, there's, there's many things that we can do in the policy space where you don't rely on this billionaire free speech white knight that probably, guys, won't come streaking out of the mist to save us again. No, I, I don't think so. But I think that you have done an incredible job today of taking this this hype. I mean, really, this is we're in hype right now, mm -hmm. and it's important to cut through the hype yep. and get to the actual heart of the matter. And Carrie, you're so good at that, and I really, really appreciate you coming in today, folks. Keep uh, posting your questions as we monitor them. Phil's going to monitor them. I'm going to monitor them, and uh, and we can respond in kind as we as we leave you here today. I just wanted to say thank you for for making this fun. You're going to take a breath, and then you're going to get <laughs> back to going on TV and uh, all yeah. over the world. So. Yeah. So really appreciate you being here, Kara. Thanks, really sir. appreciate you guys tuning in once again, and we'll catch you on the next Heritage Explains Live. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Heritage Explains Live. What a joy. We're going to post all the relevant stuff in the show notes. And also, if you want to watch the video, us doing it live, please log on to our YouTube link, our YouTube page. I'm going to link to that as well. We'll be up this weekend with a brand new episode of the Heritage Explains podcast. And until then, we'll see you soon. Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Descher with editing by John Pop.